Hey, what's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place. Once again, Mickey Smith Jr. And you know what time it is. It's time for the See the Sound podcast, the podcast that challenges folks to see what often we don't see. See, I'm not talking about the sound that is audible, but I'm talking about the sound that's internal, the sound that is our significance, that thing that can either repel or resonate in a classroom, in a boardroom, or whatever room that you're in. We all have a sound. We all have a significance. And I'm always delighted to be able to bring to you guests that have a significance and are operating in that so that you can see the sound that's inside of you. And uh, I'm, I'm just delighted today. You know, today's guest has definitely been that model for what it means to be sound and significant, not just in her work as an educator, but I would say just as much in her current role as first lady of the state of Louisiana. So uh, with that being said, let's welcome our guest today. I'm truly honored to introduce to some and uh, to present to all Miss Donna Edwards, first lady of Louisiana. Make sure you stay tuned, guys, because on the other side of this sound, you will see the sound. We have the first lady of Louisiana, Miss Donna Edwards, and uh, we're excited about having you today. Thank you, number one. Welcome to the podcast, and uh, thank you for giving your time today and just being with us. Absolutely. I'm honored to be a part of your podcast, Mickey. You're such an amazing man, and you have been such a blessing to us at the Teach Ma'am initiative with, as an ambassador. And um, even though we, you've moved to a different state, we still, you know, you're still our Louisiana man, so we, we, we appreciate you. Well, I, I always feel home uh, when I'm able to engage my, my folks and I always say I always point back to the boot. I always point back to the Bayou State because that's that's home. That home is where the heart is. And, and I've been uh, right. given an opportunity to to reach out and go different places, but there'll never be a place like home. And uh, anytime that I can have an opportunity to showcase what makes that little part of the world so special. Uh, I, I never hesitate. So today is special to be able to share with folks, um, individuals such as yourself that are making a measurable impact, not just in the in the lives uh, of, of individuals from a political standpoint, but in the everyday goings. When we talk about classroom, we talk about families. Uh, there's just so many things that are near and dear to your heart. I'll never forget the first time I had the honor of meeting you. Uh, Senator Ronnie Johns uh, provided an opportunity for me to uh, be recognized at a, at a gala and a banquet. And at that banquet, I, for the first time, heard about um, your heart and your passion for these young people that have been the victims of human trafficking. And from there, I even uh, uh, began to be aware of the efforts that you've done with foster care. Um, the first lady of, of the church that I attended was, uh, was an active participant in that organization as well. Her name is Hope Snyder. And, uh, and, and they spoke so highly of you. So it was one of those things as time went on, I said, man, I really would love to be connected um, with First Lady and, and find out how I can be of service. And then came the Grammys. And with the Grammys came opportunities to connect and be elevated. And I was so honored to be selected as the first ambassador for your Teach Ma'am uh, initiative that you have. And, and, and if you wouldn't mind, if you can just tell us a little bit about some of these things that are close to your heart so that we can know Absolutely. your heart in this season. So um, at the age of 40, I went back and uh, became a teacher, yeah, graduated with a business degree. And everybody kept telling me because I had a love of music and playing the piano since I was seven years old. And so as a, a mom, I, I was, you know, was play, having plays in our church and we had all these different things going on. And I just I love children. Um, but let's uh, you know, I was working with children 
30 minutes to an hour once a week, right? In yeah. the church and doing these programs. So I wasn't in the classroom every day, but everybody kept saying, you need to be a teacher. And I, and I, I spoke this, no lie. I remember exactly. I was in church and somebody, uh, a teacher, a second grade teacher said, you need to be a teacher. And I laughed and I said, if I could teach children love of music and now i didn't have a music background except that I'll, i knew music from you know seven years old and and do it for 30 minutes to an hour you know i would be good and i laughed about it <laughs> and then i was approached because after katrina our um parish received a lot of funding and they decided to put it toward um, the arts, which was so, so amazing and so wonderful. So it happened late in the semester in the year. And so um, uh, one of the people in the um, school board knew me and they knew what, all the work I've been doing with the music and arts in our, in our church. And, and they said, would you be interested in doing this? And I said, oh, goodness. I said, um, yeah, I could do it, you know, 30 minutes at a time or 45 minutes at a time. So um, I decided to try it and see. And um, there was never a music. Well, I'm not going to say never. There wasn't a music teacher for quite some time at that particular elementary school. And so I wrote my own curriculum. Um, I started digging in and researching and finding. And, you know, so I went back to school, became a certified teacher, and used a lot of those, um, you know, those classroom skills that I had learned in the certi certification as, as um, having centers. And I had white, you know, the boards that the um, the touch boards. And so I literally my goal in my head was if I could teach teach children from pre-K to fourth, how to read music, how to love music, how to appreciate music. When they leave elementary school and go to junior high and high school, they'll have the basics. They'll have an understanding. They'll even know, you know, whether they want to sing or play an instrument, they'll have something. And so that was literally my goal. And um, I did. I was so proud of that. I, you know, fourth graders, um, I had like a little setup, you know, I, I did it for eight years and fourth graders learned the recorder and they knew exactly they did the little recorder with karate. Um, I had a whole, you know, um, uh, lesson on music land. So I had, you know, Quincy quarter note with Helen half note and, you know, their father, Willie whole note and just the whole family. And so, um, but teaching children at the kindergarten level, they knew they were like a sponge. And so of course they, they could read music by the end of that year. They knew exactly. And, you know, I had made up flashcards with, you know, um, um, little card games and bing bag uh, throws. And I had put like a staff on the floor that they could have to guess, you know, whatever land uh, where their bing bag landed, what note it was. Was it in the, you know, in the middle or was it on a line? Was it in the space? And so it was just, I just took my love of music and how I appreciated it and, and gave it to them. How do you act when you go to orchestra? What does that look like? You know? Um, and then I, I, I decided, you know, I read this whole article about when children feel instruments, it can change their life. And so I reached out to the high school. And I said, hey, can you bring me a tuba? Did a whole lesson, a whole week on tuba. So every child in that entire school, I think it was 800 or plus, got to touch and hold, not play, but touch and hold a tuba. I did it with all kinds of instruments. And so from, you know, string instruments to wind to, to everything, just so that that child would leave knowing a little bit, not just about how to read music, but what it sounded like, what it felt like, you know, and so um, just wanted them to have an appreciation. And when I left that position in that school, due to budget cuts, yeah, of course, that was, yeah. didn't get filled. And so it, it made me sad. Um, and so I knew that 
I wanted to do something in the arts. I wanted to give back. I wanted to figure out how kids, because I saw a need for the arts. I saw the child who maybe didn't excel academically. I saw the child that didn't excel athletically. I saw the child that was kind of in the middle. Where was that child? And we, we weren't introducing the other A, the arts. And so it was, it was sad in my heart that that child was kind of, you know, just moving and, and, and not excelling, but I knew they could. Um, the, the first grader was a twin and they took to the keyboard. When I started teaching them keyboard, I didn't even have to, very little knowledge and they just took off. It was a gift. It was totally a gift. Um, and um, just to see and be a part of seeing that and unveiling that gift was a joy. That, that is so powerful to hear. And, and, and as you're listening to this today, to our listeners, you can hear the passion. You can hear that this is something that is close to your heart. It wasn't just an occupation, but but this was something that I'm truly, truly passionate about. You know, one thing that I, I, I couldn't help but take away from listening to you is that you gave them more than an appreciation. You gave them an experience. And the cool thing about an experience is you can teach a lesson, but an experience is something that lasts for a lifetime. And those children now are in different vocations, different professions, but they'll always be able to point back to those moments, those memories that were marked by music. And I think that that's so meaningful because music is that universal language. It has a universal appeal. It changes our perspectives. Matter of fact, it helps us develop a perspective that allows us to appreciate life, I think, in a grander way. So um, I, I love the fact that you saw their significance, too. You know, you, you said earlier there were some kids that I could see maybe they were never going to experience that applause, uh, you know, or that cheer from the crowd from a touchdown right. or the game winning shot. But you gave a space for them to ap appreciate and a feel appreciated maybe at the end of a song or, or in that, that just that simple tap on the back and hey, job well done. One thing I try to do with the little kids before we leave every day, no matter what the situation looks like, good or bad, I always try to end by saying thank you for music today. And I think mm -hmm. that that's so important that they're validated, not just personally, but but even with their efforts too. just letting them know that you are enough. And I think music has that power to do it. I, I commend you because um, I have I have left my traditional role as uh, instrumental music teacher, and I now find myself in elementary music and uh, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I'm I'll have to share some of my tricks with you. I'm, look. I'm taking notes. I'm loving like the beanbag idea on the staff. Like I'm just, I was, I'm literally. I, go fish. I had a go fish game where I had laminated all these little cards, go fish. That was a good one. Okay. Yes. I had all these rotation centers with computers and the, you know, the board. I, I had a whole, um, anyway, I'll have to send it to you, Mickey. Yeah, I'm But that's where my love of, of, you know, wanting to do teach ma'am. And so ma'am, um, how it came about, about, you know, it always happens at a table when you're all sitting around a table and you're discussing things. Right. And so we, I said, I want to I want to bring in music and art and and, and movement, whether it be dance or P.E., you know, because so many of our schools are morphing P.E. into recess. And it's unfortunate. And um, there's a whole story there. And and then so we started talking about it. And, and um, a gentleman that was sitting on my left said, you need to flip those letters around and have it spell ma'am. M-A-M. Mm. And I said, wow, I love that. So, it, you know, as a former military wife, 
and a, t- uh, you know, uh, yeah. a, a person in the South, we, we really appreciate the word ma'am. It just means respect. Sure. And so teach ma'am means respecting the arts, music, art, and movement. And so um, that's where that came about. And then after I was working in that area, trying to figure out where it was going to go and, and really trying to say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to, what do you mean to do? And just the path just, just started opening. No, nothing I even imagined, really. It just opened to whatever, you know, you just have to, sometimes you have to let it just kind of move and you just move right behind it. And so um, I did that. And then um, I met uh, with uh, DCFS um, Secretary Marquita Walters, who'd been working in the, um, the, uh, you know, the Department of Children Family Services area for decades. And so I said, really want to talk to you about foster children. Tell me, you know, what I can do to help you, because I know it's just we're not so great in our state and I'm hearing a little you know, about that and what can I do? And so we started this whole conversation. So, you know, as the years, this is not year six for us. So we now have a Louisiana Foster's web landing page. And my goal was everybody can do something. You might not be able to foster a child, uh, but you can be, you might be a retired teacher. Maybe you can tutor a child after school, um, a foster child. Maybe you can help with bags, you know, to give to these, these foster children, a little, you know, toiletries and different things. Maybe you can, um, babysit or maybe your church can have a ministry to help those parents that are already doing the work in their, in their churches. So we started this um, whole movement. I wanted to, I had this vision of a clickable map of Louisiana Um, for whatever reason, it took a long time to get that map, but we have it now. (laughs) So we have, you can click on your parish and up will pop all the different groups in your own parish. I always say, look in your own backyard. Yeah, You don't have to keep, I mean, we want to give to all kinds of different organizations. That's great, but they are organizations in your own backyard. Charity starts at home and then goes abroad. And so we made this map and I say, go to that map, click on your parish and find out what groups are doing work in your community. And so um, then we came across, um, had a little one of those little um, uh, God winks, if you will, Mm -hmm. where I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, we have over 4,000 churches in our state. And I, wow, that number just went straight into my little file. I went, 4,000 churches. I said, we have over 4,000 children in foster care on any given day. And I just waved my hand. And I said, if every church would consider taking in or or supporting the efforts of of a foster child, what the, I mean, we could make the difference that we could make in a child's life. And I thought if we could start recruiting uh, families within our churches, good quality families to go through the process of becoming a foster family, foster parents, and then that that family bringing in that child and that church wrapping themselves around that family. What a difference we can make. So there came that, that little, um, you know, avenue of, of really talking to communities and organizations and churches and saying, we need you to get involved in your communities. So that happened. And then, um, and then I came upon um, human trafficking, which was where you and I met at that fundraiser for Metanoia Manor, um, which is a one of a kind place that um, takes in young girls under the age of 18 um, and rescues them and helps them rebuild their lives. And what that takes is an incredible amount of hard work, yeah. um, counseling, trying to get them um, education and, and, you know, um, being able to get their um, high set, which is, you know, same as the um, used to be called something else, but it's the high set now. And um, 
really working with these young girls and getting them. We don't have enough of these homes. Um, and so really been working in that area, kind of thought it would just be me helping Metanoia and kind of like a, a part of Louisiana First Foundation, but maybe not as much as my fosters and my teach man. And then it has just become um, unbelievable the, the amount of, of just need um, and, and that space of, of it's just every day. I mean, it's just under, it's like everywhere you turn, it's happening, but you don't know it. You so really it, yeah. bring in awareness and prevention um, efforts to that um, in our state. Um, I'll give you an example. This home that we have in our state was with a state and this um, organization, faith-based, civic, everybody comes together and makes it happen. And it just shows you it can be done. You just have to work together. So we were able to make this happen. But in saying that, um, we don't have enough of these homes. We don't know, have enough people working in this area. So in that home, I would just give you a little example. So probably over the last four years, they've had about 85 uh, girls. Okay. Average age is 13. Wow. When I was there volunteering the other day, it was several 11 and 12 year olds. Okay. Um, trafficked. Yeah. used, abused. I can't even give you the details. It's just horrific. As a, as a father, I can't even wrap oh. my mind around that. Oh, I, I can't. And, and I can't do that, Mickey. And I'll tell you. So I find myself um, advocating for those people who do the hard work, work, children's advocacy centers around our state. I can't say enough about yeah, the work that they're doing. Too. And they're in every community. So once again, my clickable Latin map, human trafficking, go there and find those organizations that are doing those work already in our communities. We just don't know it. And our churches need to wrap themselves around those, you know, those different um, groups and organizations. So anyway, I found my, myself really moving along these, these three avenues. I thought it was going to be one. And then I had two. And then 60% of children in foster care are somehow um, connected in some way to trafficking. Okay. Yeah. Many times by their own parents. It makes perfect sense. I, yeah. I didn't, I, you don't always make those connections. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure your perspective on all this has evolved, has changed, has grown as mm -hmm. you become more involved. Um, you know, when you first got into this um, position, you first stepped onto this platform, so to speak, did you know going in that there were certain things you were going to um, make your, your, your um, call to action. Oh, this is so encouraging because for no, so many nothing. people I out didn't there, have an idea. And a lot of times they may see someone such as yourself and they think, oh, that person had the vision when they stepped into the position. But sometimes mm -hmm. the vision comes as you take the steps. And there may even be people yes. out here listening today, yeah. you know, that, that say yes, good. sometimes say yes. We say no sometimes too. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every now and then just say, okay, I'll do that. Um, sometimes we don't feel like it, you know, sometimes I find that the times that we, that we just have the most resistance about a situation ends up being the best. Mm -hmm. Ever felt that? Like you oh, just yes. don't want to go, don't want to go, don't want to be a part of it. And then you get there and you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. I can't believe this is happening. I'm so glad I came to this. I'm so glad I met you. And then the road opens up. Now I'm not saying say yes to everything. I'm saying be open to a yes. Um, you know, we were so tired. Our, you know, during COVID, I think everybody found that sure. opportunity to just kind of take a step back um, and to to reevaluate uh, your time and your efforts. And I did the same. I think like everybody else did that. Um, and figuring out where you should say yes and where you you know and where you can just step back and. Um, take that, that be still moment. Um, 
We have to be open, Mickey, to um, not just about ourselves. You know, as a young mom, when I had my children were young, my time, my investment was in my family. And that's where I was called to be. And that's what I did. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And then I went back and, you know, to school and and did all that. Um, I'm not saying everybody has their own own way to go, whether it's a stay at home or work, whatever, but, you know, invest in your family when that's the time and and, and that you should do that. But when the door starts opening, you have opportunities, step inside those because it will take you on a journey. That's, it's not about you anymore. Absolutely. It's about something greater. And those doors are oftentimes unique to you. And, and sometimes we're the only people that can open that door, you know, so it's, it's almost our responsibility our responsibility to take take that initiative to take those steps. You know, my wife was talking uh, to me a few days ago, and we've made a move, you know, we've kind of kind of hinted around it. But for those that that don't know, uh, I took a big step, I, I left everything that I knew from home, and I went to a different place. And uh, that that presents a challenge. I mean, that can be an incredibly challenging thing. When you when you step away from everything that you've known, and uh, I'll never forget my wife, my wife sent me a, a text message and it said something to the effect of what if, what if your um, apprehension, what if, what if you saying no um, left God disappointed to the point where he said, why wouldn't you trust me? Why wouldn't you trust me? And, you know, as people of faith, you know, that's one of those things where we, we want to make sure that the words we hear are well done well done, my good and faithful servant. And, and, and it was just one of those things where it just kind of woke us up like, you know, am I am I doing everything I can to be everything I was made to be everything I was created to be everything I was purposed to be, because being purposed is not necessarily being busy. It just means being on purpose and being on task. And I think yeah. it's being vigilant. I think it's having a vision. As you said Absolutely. before, you had a vision for what you wanted, but at the same time, open enough to receive those steps as you take the mm-hmm. next steps and hopefully make those next steps the best steps. This is this is, this is, is so encouraging to hear that, that someone such as yourself um, still faces many of those same, those I don't say challenges, but th- those same dilemmas of, you know, what do I do next? How can I serve? Where can I be my best self? And it's so encouraging to hear that, hey, you know, that that one step doesn't disqualify, but yeah. one step does absolutely uh, qualify you to be your best version for someone else, because this thing is not really about us at the end of the day anyway. Yeah, you're and, right. And teaching you're has right. taught me that when we're in that yeah. classroom, you yeah. know, all of our efforts are for that young child. I always tell my students and I tell the parents that your child's success is my number one priority. And, and, and I always have to remind myself of that. Sometimes let's be honest, we're just humanity on display. Some days we have bad days as educators. We have, we're just human beings. But I think everybody, no matter what your stage or what your platform, we have to take those steps to remind ourselves of, of who we are and why we do what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. I would assume even for you, it's, it's, it's similar there. There may be days where you have to remind yourself, I am, and I don't know what comes at the end of that. For me, it's it's I am I am an educator encourager. I am a sound adult. I am father. I am I am husband. I have to remind myself of those hats that I wear each and every day because life has a way of presenting so much noise. We can sometimes forget our sound, our significance. Yeah. So funny you should say that. So um, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I journal every day because I don't, but I do have a journal in it and often do. Um, I try to write in it. 
Um, I have a word of the year, but I opened up my journal this morning looking for something I had, had written in the other day and I couldn't find it. And I opened up to a page and I had written a whole page on I am. I am a wife. I am a mother. And it said all of that. But I think that I am changes right throughout our life. So one of the things um, during COVID, um, we all tried to figure out how to um, it felt like we were walking in mud for quite some time, you know. And so when we got out of we were walking in mud in our office, you know, because we were in and out. And most most of the time we're on Zoom and we were trying to do a a, um, human trafficking summit. And we knew we couldn't have it in person. So we decided to Zoom. Um, you know, Zoom was like a, a new word. We we're going to Zoom today. And um, I remember this this aha moment that came to me like, we can invite as many people as we want to. And so I heard my head say, go for it, do it. So I reached out to all the first spouses in our country. And I said, come be a part of this, learn about this because it's happening in your state. Just listen. And um, we did, we did. And so we had a lot of first spouses on um, that first, it was in October of 2020. Um, And just fast forward now, we've done about four or five. We now, I think, had 600 people um, sign up for this last. Now, not just for spouses, but people working in the Department of Justice and all kinds of, from Guam to the Vatican, all over. But it's opened up a lot of doors for us to be able to share what's going on in these states and how to prevent, because this, this trafficking is happening in our high schools. And it's happening um, to people and young girls who have no idea until it's too late. late. It's happening to children who are on Facebook, um, everyday kids. Um, There's a movie, if you uh, get a chance, uh, your your listeners called Eight Days. It's about a father uh, in Texas, and he told a story, and it's pretty... uh, it's pretty intense, but it just talks about how just one decision that this young girl made. Mm. Um, and, but, but it wasn't just her decision. She was, there was a plant and a, the perpetrator was very um, over a year. He had groomed her, uh-huh. her unbeknownst to her. But anyway, I want your listeners to be aware of that um, because it's happening in our schools and especially in our junior high. Um, so during COVID real quick, we did those and um, we were trying to figure out how we could survive, our nonprofit could survive um, during this time. So this idea um, came about through actually a foster care um, program that they were trying to do the same thing. Try, how do we survive and, and help and continuously doing this work that we, we you know, kind of feel like we need to do? So um, I started working with my own daughters and my niece. And we, they, um, I, I'm, I'm their advisor. And so uh, we started a little online um uh, online little company, boutique, whatever you want. And it's just getting started. So there's like four or five things on there. It's not, but it's called Les Fidelis, which is French for the faithful. So being faithful to, um, to your beliefs and to, to the path. And so Les Fidelis was born. Um, and actually I'm just revealing to you, you're one of the very first ones. It's going to be on my love in Louisiana blog that comes out this weekend on the Louisiana First Foundation. If you're interested in receiving those, you just sign up for the emails, you get them once a month. Um, and so it basically talks about these three things that uh, teach ma'am. Um, you've written for them, you know, Absolutely. loving Louisiana bog, and then, um, you know, foster care, human trafficking. And then, you know, I have little corners of, of educators and military and just people doing the hard work in our communities and showcasing their work and businesses. So Love in Louisiana blog is um, really my heart, my opportunity, but I'm going to share um, this month about um, how I came to write a book called a series called Bandit in the Mansion. 
Um, it's, it's about our, our, our golden retriever dog. And um, it's from his perspective. I wrote it in 2016. And I talk about um, not in my initial um, part of the blog, but in the feature story, I talk about how um, the trauma that we went through in 2016, and it talks about each thing that happened um, starting in January. But what happened and how I was be, how I was able to use creativity mm-hmm. um, and how we all have mm-hmm. that in us to use that, but it's a therapy and it's healing. Yes. And you know, music, art, um, dance, movement, um, all of those are are uh, really truly healing to the soul. Um, you just you know find your niche. Sometimes we have a niche in all of them. We love them all. I love to dance. I love to sing. I love to you know. Um, but I think that it's important that we recognize that that the arts is truly healing to the soul. And so um, I did that. I wrote those series and didn't I kind of kept them in my little book, um, all the little stories about Bandit. And um, so my first one just came out. The series is Bandit in the Mansion. And then this one is called uh, Bandit Moves to the Mansion. Okay. So um, this is going to be the first of a, probably about seven books. And, um, and it's just a fun book and a story and about, you mentioned it earlier, home is where your heart is. It and is. It, it talks about being and how home is where the, his family is and his heart is. And then also I, I did a little daily devotional called God's daily grace. Um, and it's called a praying a Psalm a day and it's a little flip calendar. And it's just, um, a little Psalm and a little prayer, um, that I put at the end. But I think that, um, you know, finding our place, our creative place to get back to and really using those intrinsic motivations, you know, the ones that, you know, just really bring us to where we need to be in life. And uh, all those educators who do get burnout and do get tired and weary in the classroom, um, go back to why, why did you get there? What happened? How did, what made you go into teaching? Sometimes regardless of what job or, or what profession of life we're in, we need to always go back to our why and make sure that our why, you know, um, we remember, right, what our why was about. And so why did we go into those things and kind of go back to that love. So I encourage everybody um, that are listening to really find that that internal motivation, because that's really where we get our energy from. That's it. That internal center, that sound, that significance is so important. It carries That's us. Right. I'm telling you, listen, guys, I, 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 folks out there, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, uh, every day we do this, every every episode, we bring to you uh, just phenomenal stories of hope, of, of faith, of love that will carry you into that next season. And today has been no different. Uh, you know, First Lady, we have a tradition here on the show. We 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 sort of put folks on the hot seat, so to speak, oh, and, okay. and we challenge them with our, our, our sound challenge, our sound challenge. So uh, you know what time it is for our listeners. On the other side of this sound, we're going to be back with the sound session. Stay tuned. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. And we are back. Listen, it is that time. We've had a phenomenal experience thus far. But for anybody that's been listening, you know, each and every episode, we challenge our guests to let us know what it means to be sound. Now, when I say sound, we said it before, it's what we bring to every situation, every circumstance, every relationship, every situationship, so to speak. We have a significance that we carry and that we bring that can absolutely change the environment and the atmosphere. But it has to be done with a level of intentionality. That's why 
I challenge folks to do what we call the sound check. S O U N D is an acronym. So, first lady, I'm going to I'm going to we're going to do rapid fire here. So, I'm going to throw you out some some phrases. We're going to see we're going to see how well right. we do. I, I you know, we, we, we go pretty quick. So, so <laughs> okay. uh on, on my count, I'm going to throw out a phrase and if you can give me the first thing that comes to your mind and uh what that means to you. Sounds good. Are you game for it? I'm good. I'm good. All right, here we go. Here we go. S O U N D. S stands for see yourself beyond yourself what does that mean to you i think um you know do do for others go beyond who you are and and step out and do things for other people and i think that only enhances the real true you inside wow that's good go beyond who you are wow wow i love that i love that i'm tweeting that i'm, I'm gonna give you credit for it but i'm tweeting okay. that. that's good okay. that's good all right so we got see yourself beyond yourself o stands for operate in optimism and excellence go so you know i excellence i think is something that just comes with time um and i don't think that anyone is has the is perfect um you know um because as a piano player you always say oh you know Practice makes perfect. That's not true, in my opinion. But I think that um, to operate in optimism is sometimes when you wake up, you're just not like, yeah. like a, you get up and just smile at yourself in the mirror. You know, do a couple of um, jumps or, you know, pretend you got a jump rope and then walk into your place of work and your family with a smile on your face and with enthusiasm and joy. Because it's almost like a soundboard. When you throw that joy and enthusiasm at somebody else, it comes back at you. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You know, if you act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. I love that. I love that. You take the first start. Put the smile on your face. Everything's better when you, you make it right. That's it. Make it till you make it. That's, that's it. right. That's right. All right. We're batting a thousand. We, we're, not, right. we're not faking it. We're real in this one. So we got S. We got O. U stands for utilize all available resources. What does that mean for you? I would say network. You know, network is a, a word that sometimes gets caught up in a lot of other professions, but really it means just getting to know people. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know what the next person next to us is doing. And so ask questions, be, be genuinely interested in other people. And because when you do that, when you're genuinely interested in other people, you're going to produce from that relationship a network of people but you're gonna you're you're gonna be able to um they're gonna be a resource somewhere along the mm -hmm. way for you. Mm -hmm. Hey, you mentioned so and so, or you mentioned this, or you mentioned you were interested in this. Um, I'd love to know more about that. Or can we connect? You know, I think um having a genuinely um openness to other people and 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 their their you know, informing those network relationships, I think allows you to to really be open to resources that you can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I I would even say even when you think about wealth and you see folks, the folks that 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 have great wealth, usually the portfolio is diversified, right? It's not all in one thing. And I think that individuals bring a certain wealth to this existence called life because no person is an island. We can't no, do any right. of this alone. We're not we're not individuals. We're we're an ensemble if we're doing it right. So that's that's, that's right. Which actually brings us to the next one. I mean, I, I mean, low key, it's kind of like your mind reading. I like it. I like it. The next one is in nourish relationships. Mm. What does that mean for you? Well, I will tell you the first year of being in the first ladies 
um, position and being in this administration, which is busy. Um, anybody that knows about 2016 Louisiana, there was a lot mm -hmm. going on. Um, so um, I realized that the calendar controlled me and I didn't control the calendar. Wow. And so um, we, from that point on, my husband, the governor sat down and we mapped out 20, uh, what is it? 2017. So we had Wednesday night suppers. And yeah. so our family all invited on every Wednesday night. And it was really tough at first. People like, well, always like, oh, but this is really important. And this is this family night. So we caught family night supper. Another thing we realized that we didn't, we missed all of our friends. So once a month we do a supper with friends and we call it supper with friends. So that way we bring everybody in and then lunches with, with my lady friends. So, you know, making time for lunches, um, those relationships are important um, to connect with people, but also to maintain. And yeah. so I find that um, really we need to teach our, our children um, how to, control their time. So the time doesn't control them. So, you know, understanding that, I mean, everybody has a phone, right? Everybody has this phone. Mm -hmm. So using it to, to help us and to schedule things and not letting time get away from us, but to, to use, um, the, the calendar and those times to nourish us in our relationships with one another. Man, that is so good. I, I actually have a program that I use, uh, called the promise compass. And I call mm -hmm. it the promise compass because it's it's lessons that I've learned over the years that have taken me from potential to promise. And there's certain things, even when we talk about the Grammy and, and different things that have happened in my life, uh, I'm blessed, I'm fortunate, but at the same time, much of what's happened has been the result of not happenstance, but habit stacks, things that oh. have been done with vision, intentionality yes. and consistency. So I have, I have a planner where I actually, um, it's more than a planner. I don't just plan out the day. I put purpose in my day. And that's what I'm hearing from you. It's so yes, important to, to lead and not be drugged by the calendar, not be drugged mm -hmm. by the date. And mm -hmm. uh, that is so that is so powerful and so profound. And somebody needed to hear that today, uh, not just the nourishing relationships, but all those different things together. Because when we do those things, we can see ourselves beyond ourselves. And we can operate in optimism and excellence. We can utilize all available resources. We can nourish relationships. And that puts us in a unique position to D don't stop keep on going and i Move think that's forward. so important it's yes, so important yes. that we don't quit in this season because uh and we I are think definitely we, somebody's best best bet and bet somebody's best hope exactly and i think we we do keep, have to keep on going and moving forward but in that um don't stop there's also that opportunity to be still yeah you know, and I think we have to remember that that don't stop doesn't mean you just keep moving physically along. You have to have those be still moments, you know, and I just want to leave our educators uh, or those anybody who's listening about an idea that um, and, it, and I guess it's just our human nature. But when somebody tells you you must do something, mm. it mm. causes a little bit of a trigger in our minds instead of I want to do this. I want to be here. I want to be an educator. I want to be. And so I think that I know we we all have to get up and go to work, you know, and we have to put um, the, uh, uh, you know, bread on the table, so to speak. But I think that we if we have a mindset of I want to go and do this because it's going to be beneficial. I want to to go to work to make sure that this is affordable for me and my family. I want to be there with my students because little little boy, little girl in my class, they need me today, you know, whoever, whatever their names. And so um, I think changing our perspective and the way we think is so important to our, our optimism and to being um, who we really can be. 
Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Everything starts with our belief system. Everything starts with our vision is how we see this world. Um, yes. it, it's so powerful. We, we, ha we control so much of this thing called life by what we yes. see and what we believe. And, and I hope that through the words that were spoken today, your perspective is a little bit better. Your, your heart is a little bit fuller and, uh, and your energy is increased a little bit just from hearing the words from my incredible guest today and, and just her wealth of experience and knowledge and the stories that she shared with us and just those personal testaments, uh, hopefully have left you feeling a little bit better. And uh, it's always our hope to, to leave you in a better way. And I thank you again today, First Lady, for sharing your time, well, sharing your talent, you. and the, just the treasure of, of, of who you are today. It's meant so much. Can you share with our audience again um, how we can stay connected with you and partnering with you in this season as you continue to move forward? Absolutely. So if you go to LouisianaFirstFoundation.com and you can go see what we're doing there, sign up for our monthly blogs that we send out. Love in Louisiana blog gives you a little taste of Louisiana. Um, got, has a lot of little fun things in there. It's got recipes at the bottom. Hey. We've got four years of wonderful recipes. Got little pictures of my, my, my little fur babies. Um, we're going to be focusing a lot on trauma this year and just the COVID and coming out of that, a lot of health, women's health things. Um, but also my, the Les Fidelis. Um, Les Fidelis is, um, um, is going to be um, on that page somewhere. So look it up. Also, you know, I, I highlight a lot of different businesses in our state. So uh, LouisianaFirstFoundation.com is where we're going to put a lot of our little landing spot. You go there and you can hear about, hear about Bandit's um, book, a series, and you can go there and, and learn about that too. Definitely, definitely take a moment and check that out. You will definitely be benefited. You'll definitely be blessed by it. And uh, again, we have been made better by this time together. And I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for all that you do and continue to do for the folks in the great state of Louisiana and beyond and beyond. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mickey, for what you do. I, I, I can't say thank you enough. And I appreciate that. And I receive that. It's always an honor to be, continue to be an ambassador for the place I call home and will always be home. And that is Louisiana. So um, for my folks out there, hey, wherever you may be and however you may be, I'm so glad that you took time to be with me and, and, and our guest today. And remember this, whether you're a teacher, um, matter of fact, all of us are, are educators to some extent because an educator Absolutely. is somebody who adds value. And, and if you've been charged over someone or, or, or you have an opportunity to ha have influence, you hold that title of educator. So continue to add value. And remember this, that this thing called life it's just a class and the world we live in is simply a classroom. So whatever yeah. you do today, continue to make your classroom sound, make your teaching epic. And I promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, keep on going. Your sound will change the world if you do just that. MickeySmithJunior.com. Can you hear the sound, heartbeat of that motherless child? As we search for love, we all need a of smile. There's a sound that is so sweet when we hear, child, you belong. So let our words of love flow freely. Like a river strong And let us The sound To change the world 
sound, the heartbeat of that motherless child. As we search for love, we all need warmth of a smile. 